That's outstanding. Like a farmer in his field. We are an ecosystem of things and ideas. I can pick up some more big words like portmanteau and soliloquy. My middle name is innovation, and my other middle name is paradigm shift. Carry on, James. Carry on. We're going to serve up some juicy stories like a hot plate of pancakes. All right, it's time for another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I'm the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, our senior news editor, Mr. James Anderson. Mr. Anderson. James, how are you? Craig, I'm doing well, you know, surrounded by loved ones and uh, and uh, and uh, some wonderful colleagues, so... Can't complain too much. Um, how are you? Yeah, that's pretty hard to beat for sure. Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, can't complain about anything. Got to say, February passed us by so quickly. Um, maybe it had to do with the fact it only had 28 days. I don't know. It just seemed like it, it moved right along. Yeah, it's those extra three that, you know, they have, they carry a lot of weight, you know. They really do. They do, and we'll have them in March, fortunately. Uh, so we won't be we won't be caught off guard by that, unless they change the calendar on us uh, last minute. Yeah, fingers crossed. Knocking on wood here, Craig. Um, so, Craig, I I feel like I often and and the one to give these long updates, but uh, I'd like to hear more about you. You know, I'd love to go into that session we always like to call a personal deep dive. What's going on with you, man? Really, really. Well, that's so kind of you. I I I gotta say, I I appreciate that. Um, so what's going on with me? So my life has been dominated uh, recently. Uh, I mentioned this on the podcast. Oh. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, that uh, my wife and I actually uh, helped our parents, my parents, move down here to Arizona from the state of Washington. So so you can imagine uh, getting them all their stuff moved in boxes, getting it on the moving truck. A couple of weeks passed. Uh, we set up their apartment, um, then got them on a plane here about a week and a half ago. Uh, and got him down here. So it's been great. It's great having him closer. Only see him typically a couple times in the last uh, 15 years, a couple times a year. Uh, so now, you know, we're dealing with all of the little stuff that after they lived in the same house for more than 50 years, uh, now we're dealing with, you know, a new cable company, a new television, some computer stuff, all this kind of stuff, where everything is uh, that uh, is obviously a little different than what they yeah. were dealing with in their house before so it's it's been uh it's been exciting really it's been it's been fun yeah well no doubt you can kind of pull your weight as the voice of telecom with those cable companies you call up support and you just say do you know who i am <laughs> i've had to do that a couple of times uh <laughs> yes so that's that's been it's been uh it's been crazy but crazy yeah. good how about you what's what's up with you well i mean i was just reflecting it's interesting that uh, I moved out to my parents and you've moved your parents out to you. So oh, those yeah. are our little trans, uh, transitions that have been happening. Um, I'm, uh, I'm at my parents' house right now and we're, we're waiting for my, my sister is, uh, likely going to have a baby soon. So we're watching the other babies. So, um, I'm just, I'm just in Mr. Uncle mode. 
um, for the time being, you know, work, 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 uh, and then, and then play hard. We, we play really hard over here. So yeah, I can imagine. So how many, how many you got now on the nephew and niece front, just nephews, right? Yeah, we got two go, going on three. Uh, so it'll be, uh, it'll be nice to get that, uh, expand that crew a little bit more. It'll be, it'll be fun. Um, nice. yeah. Nice. So Craig, um, you know, we got that big thing looming up, looming in, uh, I said lumen. That's interesting. Weird, uh, word, um, looming lumen will be there, lumen will be there. Uh, but looming, uh, in May, that is, um, about nine weeks away. Uh, I'm not sure if you are the person that counts time in weeks, but, uh, yeah, nine, nine weeks or depending on when we publish this nine, eight weeks away from our big show in Vegas. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, that's a pretty good measurement of time, right? A week. I mean, I, I don't usually, if something's nine weeks out, I don't usually think, oh, it's, you know, 63 days or whatever. Um, but we can't really count it in months either, right? Because we're we're almost within that range where we've got to say weeks. So I, I like it. Nine weeks. It doesn't sound that far anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because nine is such a bigger word than two and a half, two and a half months. Oh, yeah. But nine, it it seems like so much less, you know? It really does. It does. Yeah. Does it make you does it make you nervous because of all the stuff you have to do before the Channel Partners Conference and Expo May 1st through the 4th at the Venetian in Las Vegas? Uh no, not really. I mean, I, I look forward to seeing everybody. It's my one big social event of the year. And um, so it's it's a big hullabaloo leading up to things, but um yeah, I don't know. It's fun. I, I the panel stuff is is fun. I get to see like my 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 partner buddies and 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 vendor buddies and all those folks that i i write about and uh so i'm i think it's going to be cool i just feel like every year you kind of get to know people a little better and and you get to build off that so i i'm pumped craig i I don't know how you're feeling about it i'm excited myself it's uh you know for various reasons well one main reason i missed our fall event uh, last year where you filled in for me so uh you know it's all it's all building up you know, it's building up inside me. I got the I got the energy. I'm ready to go. Let's move oh, yeah. this sucker up. Let, let's yeah. move it to next week. No, let's, let's not do it. Um, <laughs> May will be uh, that first week in May will be just perfect. And uh, I will see you. You and I will be rolling in on April 30th. In fact, because we've got that uh, big advisory board meeting we'll be having with uh, some yep. of your peeps uh, coming up. Uh, so that's really close. I mean, we can look at that. That's technically next month. Yeah, we have like some May Day celebration too, right? That's the first. I'm sure there will be some some reason to celebrate May Day. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, well, Craig, um, we've been doing so many content previews on this podcast. What do you mm -hmm. think about some more shameless plugs and another tantalizing serving of previews? Yeah, you know, I think uh, some tantalization would uh, certainly uh, be in order. So I put you on the spot. What have you got for me, Craig? Oh my gosh, you're going to put me on the spot. I'm going to have to come up with something. Either that, or I already did, anticipating you were going to ask me that, and I could just uh, talk about it now. Uh, one of the two. Um, so let's talk about some more keynotes, uh, James. Here, here's one for you. It's called the Changing Geometry 
of IT. I don't know about you. I was never that great at geometry in school. I mean, I could like recognize the shapes decently, but in as far as, you know, mathematically figuring out which side was longer, if it wasn't a scale, that, that wasn't, that wasn't for me. That was challenging. How'd, how'd you do with that stuff? Well, I feel like it stuck with me better than the, like than algebra. Like, I think I could probably make a hypotenuse if I needed to make a hypotenuse or calculate the size of one. Be careful um, with those. Those are those can be dangerous. Yeah, I mean they're illegal in several states still. <laughs> well, let but, me let me get back to the task yeah, at hand yeah, yeah, here yeah, before yeah. we get carried away. So the changing geometry of IT, you, you probably know this guy from a whopping 40 years at uh powerhouses like HP and Dell, talking about Joe Batista. So he has spent a career motivating CIOs and uh, channel partners alike uh, basically to be better at their jobs. Uh, this session is going to give attendees what they need to unleash IT in fresh new ways. You like that? I like that. Yeah, Somebody in marketing did a good job with that one. Yeah. So one big takeaway from this, James, is going to be upselling. Uh, Joe's going to present eight signals that indicate the opportunities in adjacent new offerings. He's really a, a rock star speaker for us. And we've got him at CP Expo. It's exciting, Craig. I always love getting that customer um, insight. It's very juicy for the agents and MSPs and, and the resellers alike. Um, so How about got, you? What, what you got? Yeah, I've got one. I'm pumped for this one, Craig. This is the state of the agent market. This is a keynote panel. Um, and actually, they 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 decided to make me moderate it. So, um, yeah terrifying uh so i'll be on stage with the panel of uh technology advisors aka agents um and these are all going to be folks that were um recognized last year as members of the technology advisor 101 so these are some of the folks that we've dubbed to be among the most influential in the industry folks that are thought leaders folks that are business leaders and and folks that are strong uh peer leaders and i hope that's gonna be a pretty fun candid conversation you know kind of kind of speaking uh speaking uh honestly about the nature of what partners are going through and i'm and i'm excited for that uh and and craig you know um you've had him on the podcast before but what about what about that keynote of keynotes right it's the keynote of keynotes well first let me tell you looking forward to seeing you get up on stage i'll get a chance to do that myself but yeah we talked about captain scott kelly before right but this is a big uh this is really a big coup for us to get somebody uh such a big name as him so i want to want to bring that up again uh the retired astronaut of course uh has the record for the most uh time logged in space he's gonna have some great stories uh that will not only sort of tell his story of being in space and just how how cool that is but he's really going to be able, really going to be able to relate some of his stories down to that business level, right? I mean, there's going to be advice, tips that our attendees who are, are in the audience, uh, which no doubt will be a packed house for that one, are going to be able to take away and say, "Hey, what uh, Captain Kelly said in his keynote, I can go back home and, and apply this to my business, and who knows, maybe even make some more money." I mean, after all, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, definitely.
I know that's your your theory. That's why you got into uh, technology journalism. Yeah, really journalism in general. It's 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 a lucrative. It's a cash cow, Craig. Let me tell you, <laughs> look, cash cow. <laughs> uh, but that'll be fun. Um, I um, I I look forward to meeting an astronaut. Look forward to seeing him up there. Um, and um, I, by I up there, do you mean on stage or like in space? Because well, I don't know that he's going back. Astronauts carry residual um, uh, gravity uh, gravity lessening with them, right? So he's going to. Oh, I see. He's going to float see. a little bit. All right. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to that. If he actually did like float in on the stage, that would be pretty cool. Also, pretty cheesy, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what. <laughs> I mean, we don't have it. Do we, do we? Do we not have it in the budget to like do the stage thing where you put like a little wire? down and sure oh just like the wire thing yeah, yeah yeah like if you were if you were playing like tinkerbell in a peter pan uh play like they would do that they would break out oh, yeah. the, the big bucks for that so i don't or know. like pink she does that on her concerts i think you know she floats all over the place it's probably more than just the the wire she's probably got like a higher budget for that but uh i don't know what our budget is for this show we'll, we'll see I'll, I'll i'll suggest or better yet you suggest it on our next team call you'd be you'd be the one to bring it up Sure, I'll I'll take it on the chin. Uh, all right. Uh, so, James, well, let me change gears a little bit here and, and ask you this: How do you feel about sales? Well, I would say that they're an essential part of any seafaring boat. Um, you know, obviously, steam power. I don't know if boats still use steam power, but like, really, when that goes out, I don't think it's wise to just rely on oars. You've got the wind mm-hmm. there. Take advantage of that with some sails. Yeah, yeah. So um, not to take the the wind out of your sales here, but I'm meaning sales in the business sense, you know, S-A-L-E-S, not S-A-I-L-S, you know, like cold calling or a funnel, closing a sale, all that, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, literally all those things happen on a boat, like it's, if it's in the morning, you cold. Well, I guess the metaphor breaks down. Yeah, it, it does a little bit. Um, but I still, I like it. That was, uh, that was entertaining. So in a strictly non-nautical context, uh, James, I, I want to, uh, get into our next guest. Does that sound, sound good? Yeah, I think this will be great. Um, we, uh, anyone who's in the channel, who's on LinkedIn probably, um, knows this person has seen their sales advice. Um, maybe even people have been to his recent summit. Yeah, absolutely. We are talking about Ronell Richards, and Ronell is uh, one of our channel influencers for 2023, James, and I, I want to talk more about that later when we get uh, into our little discussion about the news of the day after we talk with him, because uh, uh, the influencers is a real cool program, and it, it's easy for us to sit here and, and say that. Uh, because, you know, it, it's our program, but we always get such great reaction to it. And uh, Ronell is one of the 49 that we named this year as an influencer of the year, uh, one of our influencers of the year. And I think that um, it's important what you just said is he's one of these guys that's sort of all over LinkedIn, and he has so many partners who rely on him for coaching and consulting. But at the same time, it also seems like he kind of flies under the radar. I don't know if that makes any sense, but 
he really broke out, I think, when social media became so huge. And, and you mentioned he had a recent event. So I, I'm really interested to talk with him. He's not a guy who, you know, is out there looking for publicity. But like I say, uh, he caught our attention to make uh, our list of influences this year. So uh, I'm pretty stoked to talk to him. Me too, Craig. Let's do this. All right. All right. Hey, James, uh, really excited to welcome in our next guest. It's Ronell Richards. Ronell is an entrepreneur sales consultant, former agency owner, and one of our Channel Futures channel influencers for 2023. Ronell, welcome to the program. Craig, uh, thank you for that that great introduction. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Now, I, I was reading on your website or on LinkedIn, uh, because you're kind of the king of social media around here, that you I'll don't really that. <laughs> uh, embrace titles so much. Yeah. So I, I reeled off about three or four there. What uh, what should we call you? Oh, man. Um, how about the king of all media? No, that's Howard. Oh, let's take um, it. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, I prefer just Ronell. Like, you know, the funny thing is, you know, as you're talking about titles and all how that doesn't mean that much to me. If you look at my book, like the my title, my name on the book is what? It's, it's just my initials, RR. Like, I just... I don't know, man. I've never, maybe it's the, um, I don't know. I just, I just not been one for a whole bunch of attention that way, which is strange from a guy that does a lot on social media, right? I don't know. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No, it's all good. Uh, so, uh, Ronell, I'd love to get your background a little bit. Sure. Um, you are, uh, as we said, someone who's pretty visible on social media and, you, and you've had seminar, recent seminar people have attended. Um, but could you tell us a little bit about your background um, both, both in terms of the coaching you do, but also your channel background. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, guys, I started my career in channel in 2001. That's when I sold my very first deal and, um, I built a couple of agencies since then had a pretty good, good run of, of success, which, um, you know, when, when, when I started, it was success back then was way different than what it is now. Right. Uh, and so success back then was just being able to make your car payment because it was hard sledding. back then. Uh, but, but anyhow, I built a couple of agencies and uh, really my forte is building sales teams, right? Sales teams and scaling sales teams. And, and so, you know, what I did early on in this business was a little bit of a departure from what most agents were doing. You know, a lot of agents were building more of a consultancy and you know i decided to go go a different route and build like sales engines that focus with specific carriers and suppliers and just kind of try to really focus and kill it with those particular um suppliers and carriers and so fast forward to today um you know we we still have an, an agency out there because you never fully get out of this business right once <laughs> it's in your blood it's always there a little bit but um i spend most of my time um, with our business and bourbon brand and with consulting and um, you know helping carriers and suppliers helping agents scale their businesses using some of these best practices that i learned over the years helping carriers and suppliers to better market their products and services to the agent community and that that's really where i spend a, a great deal of my time and it's where my passion is i mean this this business is in my blood it's been what what years at 20 Jesus, guys, like 22 years am i that old i don't think i'm that old let's go ahead and dial that back We'll dial that back. I'm gonna say, um, yeah, we'll we'll go just two decades. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna stop putting an, an actual number on it. We'll just say roughly two decades. 
I like it. But yeah, that's I like what I do today. I like it. So, Ronell, as somebody who's written a book on sales, I, I'd be interested, especially for our, our channel audience, our loyal casties, as we like to call them, um, to hear from you maybe how sales has changed over those mm. 20 years that we're not talking about. <laughs> uh, and particularly channel sales, right? Uh, from, from back when you broke into the business uh, back in the day. Wow. You know, that is a layered onion. So let me think about how I want to answer that. First, I will say that sales, in the essence of what sales is, has not changed. And that's what I talk about in the book is really bringing people back to the fundamentals, right? Getting us back to the blocking and tackling. I'm, I'm a sports guy, so you guys are going to have to bear through through the, the sports analogies, but the, the blocking and tackling of, of doing business and building relationships, right? And that hasn't changed. Here's what's changed. Technology changes. Technology always changes. Technology evolves, but those core, you know, fundamentals to how we build relationships have, hasn't changed. Now, you know, what I've, I've seen kind of happening in the channel here over the last couple of years is we've been in this period of great abundance. I've seen a lot of my friends do really well um, on, on both the agent side and the carrier and supplier side. And it was coming pretty easy to you guys, right? We all yeah. know that it was coming pretty easy because, you know, folks, companies had to adopt these solutions that that we sell. And so, you know, we, we got kind of away from the strong relationship building. We got away from the solution selling and more into a, this transactional mindset. And we're kind of having a reckoning right now that we're all witnessing. So I think that, you know, for... Um, you know, our peers and colleagues to be successful moving forward here in the channel. I mean, we've got to get back to those fundamentals. We got to get back to the blocking and tackling. We got to get back to to really providing great solutions. We got to get back to understanding, you know, what matters most to our customers and prospects, and and really solving for those unique problems that you know that, that we're uniquely qualified to solve for, as opposed as opposed to you know what we've been seeing a lot of. So I hope that. Um, you know, guys, pick up the book. You'll learn some of this stuff. But I hope that you guys have kind of saved some of that money <laughs> that you made, and you're and you're you're ready to to invest that into um, just just getting yourself skilled up, getting your your salespeople skilled up, getting your team skilled up, and really bring bringing back that focus to providing you know real solid solutions and and getting away from a lot of the superficial stuff that I'm seeing out there right now. Yeah, that's good. Uh, kind of want to pick your brain on, on on that topic of how the the agents have evolved or, and are in kind of a different time. Like one element that I'm seeing is that they're having a lot of these these folks have been individuals. You know, they were individual mm -hmm. contributors at a company, uh, like account executives at a company, and they went and sort of took that took that and made that into their own business and. Uh, Many of them, you know, went decades without hiring and, and resisted hiring because um, because of the way their their revenue model worked and the way they had this these these evergreen commissions and and these debates about how do you if you bring someone new in how do you incentivize them particular particularly a sales a salesperson um, any thoughts in general on on as these um, partners are are building out sales teams. Um, advice you have for them, observations you have as they're moving maybe to more of a group mindset? 
So, you know, James, I want to take you back to what I did 15 years ago, which was revolutionary back then. And uh, not so much now. I think a lot more agents are leaning into this. But, you know, when I started my business, it was pretty much like, you know, most folks that you're referring to, right? Those, the, you know, you worked at X carrier and, you know, and, and, and you leveraged the relationships that you had at that carrier to build a book of business. And, and, you know, that's how you were successful in this world. Well, what I did from the jump, because I didn't love the sub agent model for me. Like, I felt like I can't tell those people what to do. <laughs> I'm hoping they do what it is that I need them to do to be successful. Yeah. Right? right. But I did again, what, what most folks think about doing, which is, okay, I'm going to cut them in it on a, on a piece of, of my revenue. And, you know, it's going to work out. I, I didn't figure it, it, it wasn't working for me. So mm-hmm. very early on, I decided I'm going to create a real sales organization and I'm going to pay my people like any other corporate sales environment, right? So I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to create a comp plan. I'm going to create salaries, all those sorts of things. What I make from my carriers and suppliers doesn't matter to them. They don't know. My employees have never known, right? Um, I put my own structure in place and, I, I mean, and I've invested in, in them. But what that did for me is it allowed me to create a um, a sales environment where I could really establish a culture of accountability, right? Because in sales, if you don't have accountability, man, it's just, it's so much difficult. It's so much more difficult. And I know a lot of my channel manager friends out there can identify with the challenges that they have. I didn't want those challenges. I wanted to be able to, to put key metrics out, hold people accountable to those metrics and drive, drive business that way. So that was really successful for me. Um, I will say that now, I think it's so much easier to do what I did way back then. Here's the reason why. We are in the technology business now. We're not just in the telecom business. So we're able to provide technology solutions and technology stacks, which means most multiple providers. It means um, multiple streams of revenue, which means that it's a whole lot easier to bite that bullet than it was for me. Right. 15, 16, 17 years ago, I had to invest in that. Now, literally, like if you're stacking multiple carrier solutions and multiple supplier solutions, like you can get you can be profitable really quickly. And you're not you don't have to worry about um, having as much of a capital outlay that I had to have, you know, to invest in building a sales team. And on top of that, man, I'm seeing such great partnership from the, you know, the carrier and supplier community. Um, back then, we didn't have that. Right. There wasn't there wasn't, you know, very much in the way of marketing co-op funds and things like that. And what I'm seeing more now is that if you're willing to invest, meaning you, the agent, willing to invest your resources into a carrier, a lot of these carriers, they're willing to invest back into you and to help you to grow your programs. If you're proven that you're putting your money on the line for them. So it's a total different environment now. Um, That's what my recommendation would be for agents right now it's like focus on building you know scalable pro let me back up really quick because this is super important so we talk about building sales teams because one of the challenges that we have in, in the agent community is that you know when i see agents that want to build sales teams typically what they do is they will hire people and say okay go get business <laughs> help me here's what we sell go get business where they're missing the point, they think they're actually like helping that person because they're giving them an environment where they have autonomy. They can go create something. And what I tell my agent friends is that 
if they had that talent and skill set, they wouldn't be knocking on your door for a job, right? <laughs> They'd be doing what you're doing already. So what you have to do is you got to help them to be successful. And you do that by creating frameworks and systems to help these folks be successful. So when you bring people in, you're not just saying, okay, we sell stuff, go find somebody to sell it to. No, you've got SOPs, you've got a framework, you got systems to where you can help them to be successful and, and just be far more prescriptive in how they get to, um, you know, and, and what success looks like and how they get to it. Yeah, that's that was a lot, stuff. guys. Well, no, um, <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I would be curious as, as someone who um, learns from mistakes probably better than anyone else uh, any other way, because I, I make a lot of them. Um, What's one mistake, uh, and maybe this is a good question coming out of what we were talking earlier about it sort of being easy to sell uh, during the pandemic and uh, a lot of channel partners uh, making a lot of money during that time. Uh, what's what's the one mistake that uh, they're making that they, they need to fix right now? Um, I, I would say that there are a lot of assumptions being made in the sales process. Um I don't think that we go deep enough in our discovery to really create solutions that 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 matter to people. I think we're really superficial. And what I mean by that is we sell technology products, right? So um, we sell the people to solve their technology problem, but we don't really sell to them to solve what they care about the most because we're not great at doing discovery to understand what's really going on in their, their world. So what I what I mean by that is, when we present our product, we're usually having our brain like, okay, this is whatever that product, let's say it's UCAS, you know, this is a unified communication solution service that's going to help or product that's going to help you to be able to communicate with your customers better. That's cool. On the surface, they need that. Makes sense. But I, I just advocate for a much more intimate approach to understanding what they care about. Like that's what got us in the door, right? If I'm pitching, Hey, I have this sort of solution. They've got somewhat of an interest in that. So that's why they let us in the door. But I feel like we need to do a better job at really digging and finding out what's going on in their world so that we can become better trusted advisors so that we can become better aligned with what they care the most about. Sure. They care a little bit about our, our technology. Right. But you know, me as a decision maker, I care about other stuff more than your tech. You know, I care about, Hey man, maybe it's payroll. How am I going to make this payroll this, this next couple of, a couple of months or, you know, or how am I going to scale this company or whatever? So I, I just think that if we do a better job of really understanding what's going on in people's world and understand what matters most to them, we can always weave our product and services into that right solution. But we got to make sure that when we're presenting, when we're weaving it in, that we're really hitting that trigger, right? We're really touching on what they care the most about. What that will do is gonna, it's gonna make you invaluable. It's gonna make you a true advisor. It's gonna make you a, a true advocate for the customer, right? It's gonna make you someone that isn't just a vendor that sells them products, but someone that they rely on for advice and direction and to help them with their business because you've shown that what you're willing to help them with is much bigger than just, your, your product and, and, and widget. Yeah, I think, I mean, that makes so much sense that that's, that's gotta be the differentiator. I mean, I think it's what, what gave this space, the, the competitive advantage versus direct sales in the first place, you know, 
Boom. Um, You're right, James. But we got away from that, right? As sales get easy and we get all these new entrants into the new new salespeople, new companies into, into, into our channel, like we're doing lazy stuff, <laughs> you know? So we're not going that extra mile. And to be successful here moving forward, you're going to need to go that extra mile. And that's okay, because guess what? When you go that extra mile, you're going to build a really strong relationship with that person that you're trying to sell, which is going, which you're going to be able to monetize way beyond this first initial purchase. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we've always been about in the, in the channel? Like, really, that's what we've been about, like being you know, consultancies. But, you know, as the money's gotten bigger and as, you know, again, the technology and the pandemic and everything, we've had in this era of, of abundance. I think we've gotten away from that, that consulting that has always been part of, of you know, our, our core in, in this business. Yeah, Ron, I talked a little earlier about uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to expand it a little more. Sort of the, the relationship right now between channel partners and and some of the tech services distributors, what we now know as TSDs uh, and vendors. Can you discuss that a little bit? What's that relationship like right now? In terms of just like a little more specific, Craig, where do you want us to go? I can go a lot of different ways on that. Well, you know, James has written a lot recently about uh, MDF and so forth and how a lot of that money yeah. is being wasted on things that maybe aren't, uh, you mm. know, golf tournaments and uh, swag bags and that sort of thing. I, I'd be interested in the, the relationship overall. Are partners feeling comfortable with uh, some of the things that the TSDs and, and the vendors are doing right now? Wow. Are you going to get me in trouble? <laughs> That's my whole goal. That's why we brought you here. <laughs> So I think I think it's a mixed bag. Um, I, I, you know, I, I what I hear and what I feel is, you know, the where we've gone as an industry has been great, right? From a from a just as from a financial standpoint, right? As as a partner, for those of us that have been around for a long time, um, we've been burnt in the past, right, by various carriers and suppliers. So the current model. Uh, you know, with TSDs has, I, I think has just made our position so much stronger, right? And it's protected, protected our money, right? Which is great. Um, and I love it. And I think that in addition to all of the, the resources and the support that they're, that they're providing is, is fantastic, right? Like when I was, when I started in this business, you're really on your own. Now, you know, the, the path to, to being successful financially, it was easily two to three years of working really hard to, to be able to start to pay your bills. Now you can do that much sooner. And I think that, I think we have to give, give credit to the TSD model for that, right? Because they're providing um, support and resources and, and, and helping with, with helping agents and, you know, partners with solutions. So I love that part of it. And I think it's been, it's been good for our industry. I think where we're challenged right now, just as a whole, is that TSDs are looking for ways to continue to support the partner community and ways to engage the partner community. And I think that we, we've, we've, we've kind of gone too far in the, in the direction of entertainment and, and we, and not, and, and gotten away from the substance part of it, right? Like part of this business has always been rooted in that entertainment 
piece, right? Oh, let's go have some drinks, build some relationships and that sort of thing. But I think we've gotten so far on this side as it relates to, to entertainment and um, the, the, the hangout drink thing. And we're getting further away from substance, right? Like education and, um, and motivation, inspiration. These are things I talk about a lot. And I, I feel like, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily like criticize anyone for it because it's just kind of happened naturally. <laughs> it's happened <laughs> organically, right? Like we started down this road and then it's just kind of gotten a bit out of control. So what, what here, I'll tell you guys what I'm doing with the TSDs that I work with and the, the carriers and suppliers that I work with. I am on my own personal mission of re-education and evangelizing for let's bring things back to um, what really matters. Right. And let's get back to, to education. Let's get back to um, really engaging the partner community in ways that are meaningful because a lot of time, a lot of energy is spent on the superficial stuff. And, and I, I am fortunate to have sat in, in multiple seats in this business, right? As an agent, as a vendor, you know, as, as a marketing partner. And so what we've tried to do with my brands is really bring focus to education and helping partners, uh, helping partners to be more successful, right? So uh, one of the things that, that I'm talking to my, uh, to my, our carrier supplier and TSC partners about a lot nowadays, it's playbooks, I'm like, hey, you know, instead of like spending so much energy and time, you know, going golfing and on all that sort of stuff, don't get me wrong, there's a place for that. But again, I think we're way, the pendulum is, is kind of swaying too far in this direction. I say, hey, look, let's spend more time like creating playbooks, show people how to be successful. Because traditionally in our business, there was a lot of this. Don't share best practices. Don't what's successful over here. Don't tell anybody what I'm doing. Like that was a real thing. And it still is a real thing. What I'm saying is screw all that. There's enough opportunity. There's enough money for everyone. If you want to grow your agent community and really serve them the way that I think they should be served, start creating playbooks for success. So they one, they so one, they know what success looks like. And two, they know how to do what it takes to be successful as opposed to just kind of leaving them on their own and giving them basic inf information. That's kind of what I've seen I and in the past. And I think we're transitioning going into that direction now. Um, but overall, I like where we're at as an industry. I mean, it's a super exciting place to be. Um, I just think that we need to grow a bit in that and how we're looking at serving the agent community. And you know what? I got one more thing. Now you got me. You've got me thinking now. One, one so you more didn't thing. even think you were going to be able to answer the question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So we've got this whole next generation of technology partners. We've got this whole next generation that I feel like um, everyone needs to be aware of and really put, put, you know, again, playbooks and education and investment into these folks because we're in transition. You know, I started in this business in 2001 and there are a lot of folks that started from back then that were successful and they're sitting on, you know, nice residuals and they're not very motivated right now. They're like feeling good about themselves. They're ready to retire or whatever. And 
now we've got this next generation. And this isn't about, let me be clear, this has nothing to do with age. This is just new entrance into this wonderful business that we're all part of, this wonderful technology channel. And they're all different types of ages, but this is new to them. And there's lots of them. And they're looking for these types of things that I'm talking about, playbooks to be successful. And they're 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 willing, they're willing to put in the work. They're leaning into the technology, right? Where a lot of our traditional, let's just be honest, a lot of our traditional agents, they're not leaning into it's funny, we sell technology, but they're not leaning into new technology. They're like, hey, I sold this stuff and I'm good with that. And I'm just kind of staying there. That's this is the wheelhouse that I plan. Well, these newer interns, these newer folks, they're they are excited about it and they're willing to 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 learn they're they're willing to take advantage of all these wonderful tools tools that the TSDs and carriers and suppliers are, are providing but our carriers and TSDs are still in a transition phase where they focus a lot of energy on those the the traditional guys right the traditional mm-hmm. and I'm saying this other group is is huge and they're ready for you if you're doing some of the things I'm talking about and at at channel at, at your at your event last year we saw it how what was it we had like 7500 yeah. people that's a that's amazing like and i i can't wait to see what it is what it's what it is this year but um that's those are some of the things that i'm seeing some of the advice that i'm giving um uh, and yeah, now I could riff on now. You, you thought I couldn't answer it. Now I've like riffed for like 10 minutes on that. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So Ronell, real quick, we just got a, a couple of minutes left. Um, yeah. one piece of advice, let's say you're on your deathbed. You can just spit out gas that much air to get out one more piece of advice to it. To and you can, sales. and you can only talk, you can only talk about sales too. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, You've got oh, nothing easy. else more important to talk about then, but, uh, <laughs> Well, what's the one one piece of sales advice you would give? Here it is. Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready. Say less. Ugh. So I just croaked. How was that dying? Was that dying good? That was, oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> My mom's an actor. She probably wouldn't prove it. That probably wasn't very good. I didn't take any classes for that. But no, S- say less. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, I, in sales, we spend a whole lot of time like talking about us, thinking about us. And and I just, you know, something I talk about in the book is really advocating for what understand what our, our customer and understanding what matters most to them. And you can only get to, to what matters most to them when we divorce ourselves from that whole thing. We divorce ourselves from what our product, our service, what we think we should say, um, trying to sound cool, trying to sound educated, all of that stuff, and just really, truly be in service to our customer. And we can't do that without starting with this right there. Just saying less. I try and do that to James a lot. I tell him, tell him <laughs> to say less. But, uh, I have a feeling you don't do, have to do that to him very often. No, 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 not too much. Ronel, uh, thanks for your time today. Fantastic conversation. I wish, I wish we had like an hour more. Uh, to pick your brain uh, about this, but uh, I know that you've got so many of our loyal casties in your audience as well, uh, coming to your seminars, reading your book. Uh, they've uh, come to me and said what great advice they've gotten from you, and and I'm sure that's going to continue for uh, years to come. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. And James, thank you. Thanks for the the opportunity to 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 be on this platform. Anytime I get to to engage with the channel community. It's, it's special to me because this is where I started.
All right. We'll see you at uh, CP Expo, where we will have a great blend of education and networking events. Absolutely. Looking forward to <laughs> Thank it. You. Thanks, Ronald. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ronald. Have a good day. Craig, that was pretty cool speaking to Ronald and, and um, you know, talking about his advice for sales, but also kind of uh, kind of getting him to talk a little bit about what he sees going on in the channel. It's it's awesome whenever you can get a a sales expert because there's a lot. I feel like there are a lot of sales experts that will kind of poke their heads into the channel to offer advice, but to have someone who has walked that actual walk on uh you know the vendor and the partner side and then can go in and give advice that's that's pretty interesting i think i I think very valuable yeah i couldn't agree more he's a great voice for the partner and just an overall pretty cool dude i mean that's what we get here on the coffee with craig and james podcast is we attract cool people who want to be on the podcast we call it we like to call it uh cool kids with coffee and uh, Craig. Do we? Is that one of those things the industry says again? That, uh, <laughs> that they really I mean, in this case, we are the industry, right? We're just we're <laughs> just churning out terms that no one uses. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of them will catch on. You know, I'd like to say, you know, we could just go back and say that we came up with the term, I don't know, ecosystem, like uh, 15 years ago when nobody would heard of it. And nobody would probably even know. That's a good idea, Greg. Let's go file <laughs> a patent. <laughs> All right, James. Uh, I mentioned it uh, when we were introducing Ronell. We're going to, again, talk a little bit about the news of the day, where each of us picks out a topic that uh, we've either been writing about or covering or, or talking about or, or seeing out there uh, related to the channel. Um, why don't you uh, bless you, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> why don't you... Uh, give it the first shot. What have you been uh, paying attention to here recently? Thanks, Craig. I wrote about HPE buying a company called Athonet or Athonet uh, recently. Um, So that company is a private uh, mobility core provider. So more recently, they'd be known for providing private 5G networks, which is really all the rage these days. You see a lot of these... um, network providers both from like the carrier telco side and the more like infrastructure side like HPE and and Cisco kind of making a play um to to tell en- enterprise customers hey like you could use us to make a private 5G network um so that's something to watch i think particularly like in the in the reseller world or, you know, solution provider world, there's um, a lot of market opportunity that people see to help customers uh, build and manage private 5G networks. So um, that's that's something I see in terms of just more of a, a trend. What about you, Craig? Well, that's interesting. I just talk about that a little bit. It seems like 5G um, was one of those things that was so hyped up for so many years, right? It seemed like it took for forever for 5G to arrive. Uh, and then when it did, it was almost like it was a little bit anticlimactic. But now when we get to the all this discussion of private 5G networks, I think that uh, maybe gives 5G an opportunity to sort of turn the corner before we all start talking about 6G. Yeah. Oh, golly. I think you're right, Craig. I mean, I feel like business, I think like businesses may end up getting more out of 5G than, than consumers. I mean, I, I know people who have 
um, 5G coverage on their phones. And they, they, you know, they do say it's faster, um, but it kind of depends on where they live in the country. You know, it's a little kind of dependent on that. So, but I mean, I feel like if you're making a private 5G network for your business, you know, whether you're a man, manufacturer or whatever, um, like that's, that's, that could be a really clear way to tap into this and get all the value you can out of it. So I don't know, maybe this is a thing where business is leading consumer. Yeah, I think it, it very well might be like, like you said, I do have, uh, you know, I've got 5G on my phone and it's definitely faster um, than LTE was, but uh Again, it depends on where I am. Uh, 5G, if I'm in a bigger city, I have access to 5G. If I'm up here in a smaller town, I typically don't. And I just, um, you know, I've, it hasn't quite been the life changer, I think, that uh, so many prom people promise that it would be. But at the same time, if business is going to sort of lead it, then uh, that could be that could be different. All right. So, um, mine. do you mind if I jump in? You did, you know. With, I with love. Is it I'd love to hear what you what you got, Craig. What you got cooking, Craig? Well, I already teased this a little bit, right? We're talking about the uh, yeah, yeah. You're interested. Uh, talking about the channel influencers list uh, that Channel Futures put out here uh, this past month. It's it's had uh, an incredible buzz around it. We've been so excited uh, about this. So, uh, what we did uh, this is about the sixth year we've done this now. Is Channel Futures editors put their heads together and said. All right, who are the approximately 50 people or so that we want to nominate for this list of influencers in the channel? People who are had a big year in 2022, perhaps, and, and then we hope that their influence, we think that their influence then is also going to continue into 2023. So we, uh, gosh, I can't remember, James, how many people did we wind up nominating? It was, it was 150 probably originally, and I think then we whittled that list down. Um, but we wound up uh, with Craig Patterson from Ariaka as our uh, channel influencer of the year, along with Fred Docola of Kaseya. Uh, so we had two channel influencers of the year and then another roughly uh, four dozen people who we put on the list, uh, including Ronell, who we just had on the podcast as channel influencers for 2023 and i i should give you an opportunity because you interviewed uh, craig patterson at our cover story on him talk a little bit about that and why uh why he uh was uh, uh, maybe above all others uh this year thanks craig i mean you we really want to recognize people who are advocates for the channel within their own companies and Craig has been a really big advocate for indirect sales within Ariaka and has really kind of put, um, uh, you know, put put his eggs in that basket. And the success they've had there at Ariaka has really made the channel look good to the rest of the industry, particularly this sort of managed SD-WAN SASE industry. Because um, there are SD WAN SASE players that um, are are maybe not doing it as much um, through partners or through um, agents or, or and or MSPs. Um, so that was a cool thing. That's something that that we recognize. Um, so yeah, it was a fun time talking to Craig. You know, and just seeing how he had he in some ways represented um, like sort of a next generation 
of kind of being significantly younger than some of the channel influencers we'd recognized in the last five yeah. years, you know, maybe 15, 20 years younger. And um, so there's, there's been, a bit I of will a tell some of the influencers uh, in the past that you said that, that you were <laughs> indicating that they were not as young. Yeah. I guess you just, this podcast is going out to the world. <laughs> No, These but influencers, I, I man, they, they got some they got some thick skin. Let me tell you that, you know, yeah, they take they it in stride. They, they do. They have to. Well, and, you know, the other part of that, Fred Vicola, who we also named uh, Influencer of the Year, you know, it was hard to ignore the impact that uh, Caseo's, Caseo's purchase of Datto uh, had last year. It wasn't uh, at the time among some MSPs out there the most popular acquisition, but I think what he did was... Uh, he got out there in front of it, right? And we talked to him a number of times, as uh, other media publications did. And I think um, quashed some of those concerns. You know, not everybody's going to be happy about an acquisition, but uh, that was bringing two real powerhouses in the channel together, and it was just something that couldn't couldn't be ignored. Yeah, and that that's a lot of times what happens when we do these awards. Is uh, you know, like we recognize Chris Trapp last year, um, right? You know, we we factor into the, the the criteria um like impact you know who is out there impacting the channel and it's just it's undeniable um in both of those cases um, yeah absolutely we get upsack has absolutely uh you know been the the bull in the china shop at at times or was especially the year that we honored him so that didn't make everybody happy but uh, again uh, we're talking impact and I loved your point about uh, Craig Patterson and what's being done over there at Ariaka and uh, the real dedication to the channel. So uh, mm-hmm. extremely cool. All yeah. right, James. Oh, well, I just it's it's been exciting to see s- sort of the, the list of names that we have, because yeah. we, we, we've had these other awards that have come out that recognize different like sides of the channel. So a lot of different like specific vendors like cybersecurity um, and UCAS. But then we've also like done a, like a, a TSD mm-hmm. uh, specific awards, and, and then this this agent advisor focused TA one hundred and one, and you're you're seeing some people kind of go through those awards into this big award where we are kind of pulling from those various awards so we can make sure we have like a really balanced view of the whole channel, and I feel like we're 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 moving closer and closer to having that that very holistic balance where um you know it's not just vendors or you know the largest companies um so that's pretty exciting for for me to see to see just such a wide cross section of people so excited for that to continue yeah that's one of my favorite parts of these awards i don't think there are any other awards really in the channel that are like this that blends you know the the top channel vendor execs with the various partner types with analysts um consultant types uh coaches like ronnell is um it's just all encompassing like you said and and i'm excited that we keep uh, evolving this list and, and making it bigger and better every year now james yeah. you're probably asking how can i get my hands on this list how craig how exactly you can do it by going to the landing page of this podcast on channel futures uh and you'll be able to see you can flip through our gallery see everybody's pictures or 
you can also check out our digital issue. That's right. It's a downloadable digital issue that has your cover story uh, with Craig Patterson, also our cover story that uh, Bobby DiMarzo did with Fred Vicola. And uh, then it also has all the pictures of, of the rest of the influencers. So extremely cool. We'll put those links on the landing page of this podcast on Channel Futures. All right. If you would like to check out the archive of Copy with Craig and James, and I know you do, you can get it wherever you usually get your audio podcasts, but also now on Vimeo, as we've been doing this on video a few times, and, and perhaps even on your favorite social media outlet. Of course, it would be great if you could check us out on the aforementioned flagship. I do this every time. New site. <laughs> you do indeed. We're talking about channelfeatures.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and we will catch you once again on the flip side. May all your riddles be answered and may your nights and days be long and pleasant. It's such an enigma for me sometimes to figure out where you come up with this stuff. <laughs> me too, man.